SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. I'm Brad Brown. It's uh, good to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, and uh, yeah, for the next half hour, we'll be chatting all things sport and what a day it was today as well. Team South Africa at the IWF World Championships, picking up our first medal of the Games, and not just any medal, but a gold. Wade Fanikar winning the 400 metres in a new national record of 43.48. Fantastic, fantastic performance. It was the first track and field world title in six years for South Africa, and the first ever in an individual sprint event. We'll chat to another man who has a World Championship gold medal to his name in the 4x100 metre relay, Matthew Quinn on this evening's show uh, to find out his thoughts on today in Beijing. But uh, looking at uh, some of the other results, I can tell you that Wanda Nell finished 7th in the women's 400-meter hurdles as far as the 200s go in the semis. And I saw Jobo Dwana ran a personal best 20.01 to finish 2nd behind Usain Bolt. He is through to the final. Akani Sambini wasn't so lucky, though. He finished 6th in 20.37 and, fin- and missed out on a spot in that final. Casta Semenya advanced in the 800-meter for women. And Khotsu Mokwena was 10th best qualifier in the triple jump. And he'll compete in the final as well. Kenya's Julius Yego won the men's javelin, third longest throw of all time, 92.72 meters to win the gold. Bad news for athletics, generally Kenyan runners Joyce Zachary and Koki Manunga have both failed doping tests at the Athletics World Champs and have been provisionally suspended. Cricket taking place down at Kingsmead in Durban. We'll chat to Natalie Germanis in just a moment to get an update there. It is the series decider between the Proteas and the Black Caps. India A tightened the screws on South Africa and Y and on day two of the second unofficial test today. The host reached 342 for six at stumps. That's a lead of 82 runs after that has missed the South Africans for 260 yesterday. Three absolute premiership matches to look forward to tonight. Bidvest Vitz welcome Harrisburg United. Free State Stars travel to the Cape Town Stadium to play IXK Town and Bloom Celtic host Orlando Pirates. All of those kick off at 7.30 this evening. There's also two UEFA Champions League playoff second legs to look forward to tonight. Can tell you, Club Bruges up against Manchester United and Bayer Leverkusen uh, hosting Lazio. Those kick off at 20 to 9 this evening. In rugby news, Cheetahs coach Franco Smith made one change to his team for the Absa Curry Cup clash with the Western Province in Bloemfontein this coming Friday. BG Ace uh, started loose head prop while Caleb Wistazer moves to the bench in place of Max van Dijk. And uh, it also was uh, all there was netball action that took place down in Margate uh, earlier today at the National Spa National Championships. Michael Flissmas was there and filed this report. One of the biggest lessons Nepal South Africa learned at the recent World Cup in Sydney is that size doesn't necessarily count for everything in this game. And that's why their national selectors are keeping a very close eye on this week's Spa National Nepal Championship near Margate. The change in format to the championship, which has seen more new players emerge, and the absence of the Spa Proteus players who are being rested has made this a perfect hunting ground for some new talent. But according to national selector Charlotte Scholtz, they're looking for brains rather than size. Most of our proteas, obviously after the World Cup, is resting at the moment. So we're getting to see um, up-and-coming talent that has not been really on showcase. So it's quite exciting, yes. At this point in time, I think we're looking for clever players. I mean, what the World Cup has shown us is that we need, we need to be quick on our decision-making, etc. So now we need to start grooming young players that, you know, that, uh, that, would, that would be able to represent the South Africa. 
The top teams continued to dominate on Wednesday. Northwest won all three of their matches with ease to remain unbeaten, including a 50-27 win over hosts KwaZulu-Natal. Gauteng also won both their matches against KwaZulu-Natal and the Western Cape to stay in contention. And the other favourites, the Free State, had a solid 47-18 win over the Eastern Cape, followed by a 37-20 victory over Limpopo. Michael Flismus, Margate. And finally, at the Vuelta España today, the fifth stage was won by Caleb Ewan from Team Orica Greenedge. Uh, he clinched it on the line from John Degenkolb. Peter Sagan of Tinkoff Saxo finished third. New leader in the overall classification, Tom Dumoulin from Team Giant Elperson in the lead. Uh, he has a one-second advantage over Esteban Chavez, Nicholas Roach in third, and 2015. Uh, Tour de France champion Chris Froome sitting in 7th one spot behind Alejandro Valverde but I can tell you less than a minute separating the top 10 coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap we chat tennis SAFM Sports Wrap make that cricket uh, on SAFM Sports Wrap cricket tennis close not really actually uh, it's down in Durban at Kingsmead the series decider between the Pro Tiers and uh, New Zealand Natalie Germanis joins us now Natalie aren't you glad I'm not getting you to commentate on tennis from Durban at, in Kingsmead yeah that might be a bit bizarre <laughs> there's a field that we're looking at at the moment what's happening uh, with the run chase well, New Zealand at the moment, 113 for two. They've lost the best one of uh, Martin Guttrell and Kane Williamson. Obviously, those are two big fish, but Tom Latham continues, and he's looking pretty good on 53. So that's three... We seem to, unfortunately, have lost Natalie Germanis. We'll try and get her back on the line in just a moment. But let me have a look at that scorecard for you. As Natalie said, the Black Caps are two down. South Africa batting first there, 283 for the loss of seven in their 50 overs. A fantastic performance by the Proteas with the bat. And uh, just looking from a runs perspective, no one getting real big runs, but Nathan Vake, 58 at the top of the order, with Hashim Mamla scoring 44. And it's been a while since we've had uh, a decent opening partnership. Natalie, back with us. Natalie, sorry we lost you for a moment there. Uh, just started running through the South African scorecard. Uh, in all, it was a, a fairly solid performance with the bat by the South Africans. The only person to really fail was Riley Rousseau. Yeah, it was a pretty solid performance. It is a good wicket as well. Um, but the South Africans will be much happier than what they put up, of course, in Potterstrom. One of our chose to bat first, and they made 283, which is not a bad performance at all. A lot of contributions. Uh, Ferrandia didn't finish the innings very well, which he's in the side for. That's part of his role, and he made 40 from 28 in the end. Van Vaag making 58 is uh, not a bad innings for him. He probably would have liked a bit more because he's still under pressure to keep his place. And Avi Gavillia, 64 from 48. Again, he probably would have liked to stay there a little bit longer. But from South Africa's point of view, as I'm talking to you, they just picked up their third wicket in New Zealand for themselves, 113 for three now. And that will be a little bit disappointing from their point of view because it does mean that uh, they will lose their third wicket in a situation where things were starting to look pretty strong for New Zealand, starting to build a little bit of a partnership. But unfortunately for them, they now find themselves, in fact, it's going to be 114 for three because it is a run-out as well. Fantastic. Natalie Demandis, thank you very much for that. 114 for three. That means the Black Caps need 170 runs, seven wickets remaining, just under 23 overs to go. I think we're in for a tight conclusion in Durban. The South African State Theatre in association with Arts and National Arts Festival proud to present A Voice I Cannot Silence, a new play based on life and work of Alan Payton, directed by Greg Homan. Featuring Ralph Lawson as Alan Payton with Claire Mortam and Menzi Mkwani at the South African State Theatre from 30 September to 24 October 2015 at 8 p.m. 
Book now at Computecat, a voice I can't silence. Don't forget to tune into the health update tomorrow at 5 past 11. Proudly brought to you by MediClinic, expertise you can trust. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM Sports Wrap, and what a day it was in Beijing. Day five, uh, I do believe, is today of the IWF World Championships. It's been a, a pretty slow four days up until now, but it's sprung into life for Team South Africa today. And what a performance uh, by the youngster Wade Fanikak in that 400 meter, breaking the national record, but bagging himself a gold. The first golds uh, at uh, the track and field world champs for six years for Team South Africa and the first ever in an individual sprint event. Someone who has a gold medal but in a team sprint event is uh, Matthew Quinn. Matt, he he must be over the moon. I mean, you know what it feels like to win a title uh, at that level. Wade Fanikak's performance today was just phenomenal. You know, phenomenal is the exact word that you, you've got to use for that. I mean, he absolutely left it all out. I don't know if you guys know, but pretty much straight after the race, he was stretched off, taken to hospital because literally he was finished. He put it, left it all out on the track. Apparently, from what I see on Twitter and social media, he's fine, but that's exactly what he did. Eh? He ran out hard, he knew his race plan, he got to the 200, and he literally accelerated away from uh, Karani James, who was on his inside. He went up against Merritt on his outside. And he came into that home straight looking strong, determined, and he just really held on to his, his form and his techniques across the line. And that, let, let's not forget, if you look at the semi-finals in that 400, those times were very, very quick. So he went into that final under under pressure. It, it, uh, it was a big, big effort today to win it. Yeah, it's just been a, I mean, for him, everyone sort of they knew what he had in, in him. He, he, I mean, he's gone out and had a phenomenal season. But you're always going to ask those questions when you get to a world championship. So they're telling you now, you've got to go through rounds. You've got to go through the tough qualification of three semifinals. We only the first two, the fastest two times. It's a tough qualification, and you're running almost back-to-back. So one day, each day you're running, I think at this stage, you guys are running 43 before for three days in a row. And that's exactly, I mean... That's the type of pressure he was up against. I mean, forget about the guys chasing him and racing against him. He had his own pressure. But could he do what he what he needed to do? And he literally got out there, or he did, not literally, he went out there, and he, he did what he needed to do. He executed his race plan perfectly, came into the straight, and he just lasted at home. Yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was an incredible performance. But uh, all in all, a good day for Team South Africa. If you look at the 200s as well, uh, a pretty good time for Anasa Jobodwana just missing out on that sub-20, a 20-0-1 personal best, finished second behind uh, the big Jamaican Usain Bolt. He's through to the final. He, he'll be super chuffed with that performance today as well. Yeah, exactly. That's his third final in uh, what, the three major championships. I mean, he, he came into this. Everyone didn't know about who Anasa Jobodwana was at London. He went out and he made the final. Then suddenly Moscow, two years later, he made the final. And now um, Beijing, he's finally made the final again. And he seems to draw a bolt in every semi-final, so it's a good omen. I think we'll leave it at that. But he looked nice and relaxed, controlled. I mean, really, I mean, I don't think he was focusing about his time. And, you know, and that's, that's the way you run, where you execute your race plan well. And then, you you know, the time comes back. And I think that's exactly what he did today. He, he came off that end, stood tall, let, kept his knees, knees running high, and made it look really, really simple for a 
Yeah, I mean, a, a fantastic time. But let, let's talk about that final. It takes place tomorrow. It's a, it's a rematch, so to speak, of the 100-meter final. That was much anticipated. Usain Bolt up against uh, Justin Gatlin. Uh, Usain Bolt just pipped him in, in, in that 100-meter uh, final. Is he going to win the double, or, or can Gatlin come back from this? I mean, Gatlin's notoriously a, a faster starter than, than Usain Bolt. But uh, Usain Bolt probably in the 200s uh, going to be tougher to beat than in the 100 for Gatlin. Yeah, look, uh, I mean, look... <laughs> The heat today, they said a lot. Those guys went out to try to make it look as easy as possible. I think Gatlin ran 19.87, I think it was. Bolt ran 19.95. And they all, they, I mean, they tried to shut down as quick as they possibly could as they came off the bench. So both guys were pretty much jogging coming into that home straight. So tomorrow's final is going to be intense. It's going to be a rematch of 100. But the thing here is Bolt's got his confidence back. He looks like a different athlete to what we saw maybe what, a month and a half ago where he was struggling, he was irritable, he, you know, nothing was happening. Now he looks like he's got his confidence. He's playing with the cameras. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Bolt fan. I'm going to put my money on Bolt tomorrow. I just think he is, he's got what it takes to win. And I think what we've got to remember is Justin Gatlin was the fastest person for two years. On Sunday in the final, he was the fastest person on that day. In the semi-final, he ran faster. But the big thing here is he was fast enough when it came up against Bolt. He's never, he's never raced Bolt in the last two years, but when he came up against Bolt, he faltered, and that's, that's the big thing, yes. For two years, he was fast, but just never against Bolt. It's got a lot to do with big match temperaments, and that's exactly what Wade Panikak showed today, but uh, another two good performances today on, on the track for South Africa, one on the track, one on the field, was uh, Jose Mokwene in the triple. Uh, he finished 10th uh, best qualifier, and he's through to the final, but Custer Semenya looking very, very good in the 800. It's been a while since we've seen her race that well uh, on the track, and, and she's looking good. Custer is back up. Uh, I must admit, I'm one of the happiest people to see that. I mean, she's had two three years of tough, you know, personal sort of issues that she's had to take uh, take on board. And, she, you know, she's cleared her head. She's had come out this season with a new focus. I mean, she went and qualified, and I'm talking about the last minute, the last opportunity she had before the third post world champ. You know, she qualified, and now she went out and ran a 159. She hasn't done a sub-two minutes in ages. So, for, for me, that's an exciting prospect. She goes into the semifinals now. I mean, it's been about, I think, you know, I must admit, maybe... Like 10 or 12 girls that have gone past uh, two minutes, so it's not going to be easy. But to see her racing like she is, enjoying her athletics, having fun, that's, that's what excites me about being cast back. Yeah, and that'll give us some confidence too. Matthew Quinn, thank you so much for your time this evening. I know you're about to hop on a plane. We do appreciate it and uh, enjoy the rest of the games. <laughs> Thanks, Sam Brad. Catch you soon. SAFM Sports Wrap. As we head closer to the weekend, time to chat some more Absa Curry Cup rugby. We spoke to Western Province Captain Azam Carr uh, last night. Time now to head across the country to the Steve Pumas. Uh, and we're joined now by MJ Mens, the coach. MJ, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap. Thanks for your time this evening. Thank you very much. Yeah, pleasure to speak to you. So the Pumas have been a, a, a surprise package uh, the last couple of seasons uh, in the Absolute Curry Cup. They, I, I just get the feeling that uh, you're no longer the minnows that everybody thought you were. Last season under Jimmy Stonehouse, uh, a fantastic year in the Absolute Curry Cup, and you're off to a great start again this year, sitting fourth on the log uh, after a, a good start. You've, you, you've beat one of the, the big powerhouses of SA Rugby, the Sharks, first time out. You must be pretty chuffed with uh, your first season in charge so far. Yeah, no, very pleased. Uh, at this stage, uh, yeah, lying fourth after three uh, three matches, and uh, 
yeah, we're looking, we're looking forward to, to the next one against the Lions. It's going to be a very tough picture, so, um, but a very pleased with our thought. Before we, we chat about that Lions game, because it is going to be a, a good one, uh, particularly there's a couple of matchups that I want to, want to chat to you about, but as far as the season goes and that victory against the Sharks first up, that, that must have uh, sort of just really bred a bit of confidence into, into, into the team and, and, and belief that they, that they can beat the big sides. Let's be honest, the Sharks have been way off their best uh, so far this season. But, uh, hey, at the end of the day, a win's a win, and the Sharks are a big union. Yes, pretty much. Uh, I mean, uh, that uh, gave us a lot of confidence. Uh, we came off a very successful Varugan Cup campaign. We, we lifted the trophy there, and, uh, you know, we were, uh, the, the squad were bolstered with uh, Fafta Clark and Kornaifuri returning from Super Rugby, as well as Giants and Thunder. And, uh, yeah, that gave the guys a lot of confidence for that first game, and we, we had a very good uh, off-season, uh, eight weeks of intense training, and, uh, yeah, there was a, a huge build-up to that first game here on Mbambuela Stadium, and uh, we were very pleased and happy with that result. MJ, this last weekend against the EP Kings, uh, you were made to work really, really hard for that uh, victory down in, in Port Elizabeth, 15-13. And often it's games like that that make or break your season. And, and those games can go either way. But when you do sort of pull them off and, and, and win those close ones, that's almost more of a confidence boost than, than, than beating a team like the Sharks, for example. Yeah, you're exactly correct there. Um, I think... Uh the, the, the Kings are a very good side. I think we um, it was a scrappy game, but uh, just like you said, we've got uh, so much confidence um, out the scrapping, scraping out that win at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a hard fight till up until the end. But uh, the Kings are a really good side, and uh, I think uh, they're definitely going to upset a few teams there in, in, in Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium. Yeah, and they are desperate for, for a couple of wins, so they are going to be tough to beat. But let's let's talk about this weekend. Uh, another team who is going to be tough to beat is the Lions. They, they're unbeaten. They've uh, picked up maximum points in every single game. You've played them already this season and, and, and suffered a pretty heavy defeat, 44-27, at the Emirates Airline Park. But uh, this one's in, in your backyard uh, this coming weekend. The Lions are a formidable outfit, but it's, uh, it is different playing at home. Yes, it's a quick turnaround. We played them uh, two weeks back, and... Uh, um, unfortunately, we must play them again in, in, in two weeks' time. But uh, yeah, this time it, it's uh, our fortress. Uh, it, it's uh, our own base. So uh, yeah, we definitely up it, up for this game. I think uh, the, the previous game um, with two penalty tries against us, uh, well, the score wasn't a, a fair reflection of the game. I think we were in it with uh, 15, 10 minutes to go. The score was 27 all. So. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can play a full 80 minutes uh, because, uh, like the Lions sh- showed last week uh, in that last 10 minutes against the Sharks, they play they play their best rugby in the last 10 minutes. So we'll we we'll be ready to play a full 80, and uh, I think it's going to be an awesome uh, match. Someone who knows that Lions side uh, pretty well is Fafta Kladk. He spent a bit of time with the Lions and put in some good performances at Super Rugby with them. He's back for, for, for the Pumas. How much sort of inside knowledge do you get from a guy like Faf with regards to the way Johan Ackermann does things and the structures and, and the sort of, uh, sort of tactics that he employs in a game like this? It, it, it must help in a, in, a, in a big way. Yes, definitely. Um, not only Fafta Kladk, uh, it's also... Uh, uh, and uh, Stefan Watermeyer that were also there um, in the beginning of the season. And, uh, yeah, they definitely give us some inside info. But, uh, you, you know, you can't uh, base uh, your, 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 uh, your game plan just on, on, the, on the Lions tactics. I think uh, 
uh, this whole week we we emphasize how we want to play and how we want to um, execute our, our our moves. And uh, at the end of the day, yes, it, it does help to to know a little bit of the inside info. But uh, I mean, on on on, uh, on video footage, you can you can pick up a lot. And uh, we we've done our homework at the, on the show, on the Lions. And uh, yeah, um, with with off the um, knowing some of the calls and knowing some of the players personally, it, it does help a bit. And they, they, uh, but uh, also Juan Juan Ackerman is is a very clever guy. He, he knows he he did change a few things even uh, the previous match, and uh, so will he in, in this coming match as well. Uh, MJ, just to, to wrap things up, looking at at the season, I mean, it's still very early days. You, you've played three, you've won two, you've lost one. So uh, looking very good, sitting at, at uh, fourth, you, you're basically one point behind Western Province. You haven't picked up any bonus points yet, but realistically, as a, as a goal for the season, I mean, are, are you secretly hoping for a shot at the playoffs? Definitely, yes. I think, uh, like you said, it's early days. Um, I think the next uh, two weeks, um, this weekend against the Lions, next weekend against the Sharks, will will be uh, a defining uh, matches for our season. I think uh, if we can um, put up a good performance in the next two matches, we'll de- we'll definitely um, be in the running for the playoffs. And uh, uh, being at a, only ten games before the playoffs, I mean, in the next two weeks' time, it will be halfway there. So uh, if we can be the, up in the top four on the halfway stage um, with uh, with two or three home matches to go. Um, before the playoffs, uh, we'll definitely give ourselves a chance, and uh, that was one of our aims um, at the beginning of the season to be in to be in the top four. And uh, I think um, at the moment we 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 are on track, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a hard two weeks for us, and uh, staying staying up up with the contenders. And Joe, I'm enjoying the brand of rugby you guys are playing out there in um, Pumalanga. Keep it up, and we look forward to, to chatting again soon. Thanks for for the chat tonight on SFM Sports Wrap. Thank you very much. Thanks for the listeners. SAFM Sports Wrap. Kickoff in that game is at 10 past 7 on Friday evening. So make sure you listen. Uh, what's that? It's uh, the Lions up against the Pumas. Staying with rugby now, Springbok assistant coach Johan van Graan has admitted that there are plenty of nervous individuals within the Bok camp ahead of the Rugby World Cup squad announcement this coming Friday in Durban. The Box are currently in training and van Graan says they've discussed the sad reality of the players who will miss out on going to the World Cup and how important they could be if the Springboks experience any injuries during the tournament. Yeah, I think I think everybody is, is, is a bit nervous. Um, I think um, you know ever since I've been part of the Springboks, um, you know it's such a, a massive, massive privilege to be part of it. Um, you can see firstly what it means to the nation. Secondly, you know for you as an individual, I've been part of this, working with you know in my opinion some of the best players in the world. Uh, to see what they've put in day in and day out, and getting up early in the morning doing a whole lot of days work, doing the extras even at night and then starting the next day again, you know. We want to give hope and, and within the team, you know, we, we are dream givers, we're not dream takers. Um, so, uh, obviously very happy for the guys that, that will be selected, wherever they may be. And, you know, it's going to be sad for the guys and that's not going to be in. But that's life, that's sport, and I think you know we've we've as a squad discussed this, and we've planned for this. In every World Cup, there's injuries, and you need you need not only 31, you need a big squad of players. So now I think we've grown a hell of a lot over the last four years, and and this 
It's only 15 ever since we started with the World Trips and I think we've grown very tight as a group of players and management and as a Springbok squad. Van Kran says it's been a tough week of training for the squad and the three training sessions against Namibia was also a great help to both teams. Yeah, it was a really tough week for us both. Um, put in almost three sessions a day for certain individuals. Had uh, three great sessions against Namibia. Uh, which I thought was very beneficial to both teams. Um, put in uh, a lot of running fitness. Um, you know, we eased off the contact quite a bit um, and also did some hard uh, gym work and conditioning inside, inside the gym. The biggest focus for the box this week has been their conditioning, which has been an area of concern for Springbok coach Heineke May in recent weeks. Van Kran says it's important for the team to put in the hard work now, and hopefully it'll pay dividends in the last four weeks of the World Cup. You know, in our planning, we, we always said that you know we're going to be overtrained uh, in this part of the year, and uh, we want to peak hopefully in the last four weeks of the World Cup. Um, and you know we haven't varied away from that planning, so just going to keep going with our plan and hopefully we'll bring us the results at the end. Van Kran says the team's main focus is doing well against their opponents in the pool stages. He doesn't believe that Japan, Samoa, Scotland or USA will play any differently as to how they have in the past year or so. No, we've obviously done our homework over the last three years on, on, our, on our opponents. Um, ever since we knew it was going to be in our pool, we started studying them. Um, I thought there was quite a few good and interesting test matches over the last few weekends and I thought uh, the Japanese with the running game, ball in hand game would pose a few questions um, Samoans physical back, physical backs um, and then you know, the Scots with their continuity game um, and the USA that, you know, kind of bring a set piece battle, certain type of, of lineups which they attack from so um, not too much uh, I think they've done differently. Obviously, we are at this stage focusing on ourselves, but we are analysing them as they go week by week. Van Kran warns that the box shouldn't be thinking too far ahead in the tournament, rather focus on doing well in the pool stages and securing a place in the quarterfinals. At the 2011 Rugby World Cup, the box were knocked out in the quarterfinals by Australia, and Van Kran says it will be important to also take careful consideration of how the team must proceed to the semis before casting their minds on the final. Well, if you just look at the history of the tournament, no team that's won the World Cup has lost a game, so... You know, we're going with the mindset you've got to win 7 out of 7. Um, and if you don't progress to the pool stages, you can't get to a quarterfinal. Um, I know, so you've got to win the first one, win the second one, and, and win the third one. And then, you know, uh, there's still a fourth game left. Um, so our focus week by week, obviously I think it's two different competitions within a competition. Firstly, get to the quarterfinal and after that it's knockout for three weeks in a row. Um, but again, we as a team decided that we're not going to focus too much on the end stages. Obviously, do our preparation for the teams we might get there. But just take the first one first and then the second and then the third one. You know, um, as soon as we've qualified, we'll reassess where we are in terms of our squad um, and in terms of you know our preparation and then now hopefully we'll make a quarter final and then every single quarter, you know, I think out of the past World Cup you have to get past that quarter final one. And it's no good to dream about a World Cup, about winning it, you know, but we're gonna play in the same, we've gotta get past the quarter final.
but in order to be in a quarter, he's got to qualify first. Van Kran says he's been able to see all the venues that the box are going to be playing at in the World Cup, and while expecting good fast surfaces in the first half of the tournament, the normal cold and wet northern hemisphere conditions are set to be a factor in the knockout stages. I've been fortunate enough to, to go to every stadium. Um, it's fantastic uh, stadiums that we're going to play in. Very fast fields. Uh, we know the length the grass are going to be right throughout the World Cup. Um, you know, we've done our homework uh, about the weather. You know, we're not weathermen, but uh, if you just look at the past 20 years, I think the first four or five weeks, you, know, you never know what you're going to get in the UK, but most likely will be perfect conditions. And, you know, all our games are around about 5 o'clock. Um, you know, sun just going down, floodlights on. Um, so I think it's going to be hard, fast surfaces. Um, and then once it gets to the end of October, you know, over the last few years we've been in Northern Hemisphere, you might get a fantastic day in London and you might get a very wet day. Um, so whatever, whatever it is, um, you know, all the teams have prepared well. Everybody will be fit. Everybody will have studied each other. And then it's about who executes the best. And you know, it comes down to who's the, the best players in the world and, you know, throwing in one or two surprises. You know, but like I said, that's, that's for the tournament. Uh, my job as an assistant coach just take a day for day and, and prepare accordingly. Take your small business to new heights on SAFM. Join the new SAFM sales team in Kimberley on Thursday the 27th of August for a business breakfast. This is your opportunity to network with other businesses as well as to find out how you can grow your small business by advertising on SAFM. Register your business at Kimberley at sabc.co.za by supplying business name contact details and designation to receive your invitation to this powerful business breakfast on the 27th of August. Save the date. The Premier of KwaZulu-Natal, Mr. Senzo Ngunu, cordially invites all small-scale mining enterprises to the small-scale Imbizo, which will be led by the Minister of Mineral Resources, Advocate Nokwa Ramatlodi. The Imbizo takes place at the Izankleni TVET College on the 27th and 28th of August. The aim of the Imbizo is to assist small-scale mining enterprises resolve challenges they face in the industry. Advocate Ramatlodi will be accompanied by Minister of Small Business Development, Ms. Lindiwe Zulu, and Ms. Lynn Brown, Minister of Public Enterprise. SAFM Sports Wrap. That's it. Before I go, there, quick cricket update for you. New Zealand have lost their fourth wicket, 142 for four. They need another 142. So exactly halfway there on the runs, but they've only got 18.2 overs left to do it. We'll have crossings to Kingsmead throughout the evening here on SAFM with Natalie Germanis. The Talk Shop is up next. I'm Brad Brown from myself and my producer, Siobhan Chetty. Thanks for listening tonight. Do be in touch. You can uh, find us on social media to search for SAFM Sports Wrap. More news coming your way tomorrow morning on AM Live. Until then, from myself, Brad Brown, it's cheers.